What's, what's Archie's voice? Archie's is that, so it's <laughs> that kind of quite curt. So, and it's, he, he refers to me as Sir. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emily Dean and this is Walking the Dog. This week I went out with comic Russell Howard and his very cute Parson Jack Russell Terrier, Archie. Archie and Russell taught me a brilliant new game. It's called Running Through Leaves. Why have I never done this before? It's amazing. We had a really nice chat about life and love and comedy and all that big stuff. Russell's got a reputation actually for being incredibly generous and he's known for buying people extraordinary gifts and I noticed he paid for the teas. I was kind of thinking more along the lines of a sports car though. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed doing it. Oh, and you can catch his show, The Russell Howard Hour, which is on Thursdays at 10 on Sky One and it's really good. I've seen it. You should watch it. Oh, and please remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes because you'll keep me happy. And trust me, you want to keep me happy. Aren't you ready for, you ready for a strut? We have to call it a strut, because if you say walk... Russell, look, he's got his much. paws hanging over the stairs. That's right. <laughs> Just as soon as the lead's on, we've got to get out. Um, come on, Arch. Shush. Shush, mate. So this is Walking the Dog. I'm Emily Dean and I'm with Russell Howard. And we're with his lovely dog. Can you introduce your dog, Russell? Uh, my dog is called uh, Archie. Yeah. Or Arch, or Archibald, or the, uh, the People's Prince, <laughs> or the Mutt of Ishra, <laughs> or uh, Sweet Sweet Arch. He has many names. And what is he? He's a Jack Russell. Yeah. Yeah, a, a parson, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he had uh, Palmer virus when he was young, so right. that's why his kind of paws are a bit sort of bigger and his tongue is a bit bigger. So he should be bigger than he is. So that oh, gives really? it, That's why he walks a bit like Liam Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out yeah. where I recognise that yeah. swagger from. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so he's bringing it back. I l he could go on stars in their eyes. <laughs> So how long, and how old is Archie? He is uh, seven and a half. He's 57. Right. If he were a man, he'd be 57. But he'd be right. a fairly weird 57-year-old man in that he's got a lead on. And, <laughs> and he's taken to eating frogs. That's his latest thing. Has he really? Yeah, we've got frogs in the garden. Oh, sorry it's to any frog fans out there. Weird, but it's that, you know, there's always this assumed sort of glamour to being on telly. But the other day, literally after the telly show, I was in the garden trying to get frogs out of his mouth. And that's another thing you'll notice. Well, Do you see that he went for that motorbike then? I did. That yeah, because he, we got him from a garage in Bristol. It was like a motorbike garage. And really? he's got this weird thing with motorbikes. So whenever he sees them, he kind of charges at them. What in a sort of mama way? He associates I don't, like, them with... I don't know, it's, but it's more in a, come on then. But it's really properly strange. But he's got small man syndrome, clearly. Why did you get him? Did you have dogs growing up? Yeah, we had uh, Jack Russells growing up. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, we had... Uh, and this was in Bristol, wasn't it? Yes, so we had... Uh, we, our first dog was, uh, she called Bonnie, and she was a whippet crossed with a Labrador. She was amazing. She looked a bit like Dobby, the house elf. Oh, really? Yeah, she was really cool. Yeah. And then we had a Jack Russell called Jess, and then Jess had some puppies, which we, from the weirdest experiences 
that when we were, I was 12, my brother and sister were 10. Yeah. Sort of mum announced that, we, that Jess was going to get pregnant. Yeah. So we all went to this farm where we lived and basically Jess got fucked. <laughs> and we, we were all there kind of sort of watching it. Yeah, it was really, and we were like, in this moment, like, why could we not have been left at home? But we watched this, basically this dog really go at our dog. Oh, God. And um, it was pretty traumatic. And it was, it was kind of how we learned about sex. It was really, it was really odd, really strange. And then she had, um, so she had six puppies. Yeah. We got rid of four of them and then we kept uh, Tilly. Yeah. And we kept Bert. Look, motorbikes for us all. Exactly. Um, so we had loads of Bert and Tilly, and, um, and now my mum has a Jack Russell. This is Nanette, your mum, isn't yes, it? Because yeah. she's a bit of a star in her own right. That's we'll absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dave is your dad? That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've got a brother and a sister? I do. So was your... Oh, Archie's just, um, just had his taking first a leap. Yeah. Was your childhood sort of... I imagine it to be in this quite sort of busy, noisy house with lots of characters. Yes. Was it? Yeah, yeah, no, everyone's very, yeah, very kind of mouthy. But in a, like, yeah, they're just really funny. Yeah. So we were at, uh, I was at my cousin's wedding the other day, and every time I'm there, I'm just reminded of how much I love being part of my family. Like, it's like being in a Pogue song. It's just like everything's going off, and there's, yeah, there's just chat and conversation and shouting and screaming and kids. We all look like we're in this registry office. Yeah. And all of our family, without a doubt, it was the ugliest wedding I've ever been to. Just <laughs> hideous. We're just, we all look like rats. <laughs> oh! It's a pigeon. Archie's a pigeon. And, uh, a motorbike. But we look like, you know the families that are waiting for their loved one who's just been on X Factor? <laughs> like in that kind of waiting room, we all look like that. So... Were you always the funny one? But it was always like... Like my family and school, it's almost like the perfect um, prep for being on a panel show. Really? Like, yeah, because you just sort of, no, one's, no one in my family would ever kind of go, so how was your day at school or nothing like that. It was just like, you just get in there. Really? You have to, yeah, you have to seize the edit. So I remember when I first started doing Mark the Week, everyone was like, it's so barbaric. He's like, it's not really, it's just like, it's like tea. Um, so. He's barking a lot today. Well, you know my like? girlfriend's going to be really upset. Well, you're because, letting the family down. Well, that's it. And she was sort of saying beforehand, and he, like, he's never barked at people before. There was a nice woman there, we should say, with a push chair. With a yeah. push chair. She went, hi, doggy. And Archie went, Arr. Yeah, as soon as he's <laughs> off the lead, he'll be all right. What's his temperament like as a dog? He seems ever so cute, Russell. He's lovely, but he's got certain... He's got a really weird thing at night. Mm. Like, he really, he really wants to be around you all the time. And then at night, he just doesn't want anything to do with you. So he'll kind of sleep at the bottom of the bed and you'll kind of stroke him and he just gives you daggers. Really? It's really strange, yeah, for the rest That's of like the day. That's like some men I've dated. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> What's your dog like? Is your dog like that? Is he? My dog is a Shih Tzu. Okay. He looks like an Ewok. Yeah. And he doesn't bark. Oh, he's really? sort of going rawr, like Chewbacca. He sounds like Chewbacca. He's, I mean, he's incredibly cute, but he does sort of poo see, and wee a lot. See, my mum's dog yeah. never used to bark. And then she came to live, he came to stay with us for a week. We're going through here? Yeah, we'll go through it. And then um, Archie got him to bark. So oh, he really? taught him to bark and, sorry, sorry. taught him to bark and um, taught him to drink from... Uh, from puddles, which is one of Archie's big things. We're letting Archie off the lead now. Yeah, yeah, we I have don't to. really want to give away where Russell lives because he has a lot of fans. But um, we're in 
Where shall we say we are? We're in a lovely park in London. Yeah, nice leafy park. A very, yeah. And for a bit of fun, in a minute, I'll kick some leaves <laughs> to show you. Do you want to see something? What's this? I'd love to see. Archie boy. <laughs> this is one of his favourite things. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. So, he likes chasing them, and if you get it going, Russell is really actually, kicking the leaves. And he's doing it with his box fest, Stan Smith. Yeah. It's one of, yeah. I'm doing it now. This yeah. is the best game ever. He loves it. Do you like this? Do you like this? He's a big fan of autumn. I sound like a football manager now. Do you like this? Do you want some? <laughs> what do you want some? Want the ball, Archie. Um, you, when did you move to London, <laughs> Russell? I moved in... Yeah. When did I move to London? 2000... And, <laughs> when was it? Yeah, 2003. I lived in New Cross. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, two. Look, he's joined another family, Russell. This will happen. Come on, mate. <laughs> See ya. Nice. 2003, when I moved to New Cross and lived there for a bit. Yeah. And then went back to Bristol um, and then but properly in London since 2008. And did you have a sense when you were coming here? Because I want to know about how you got into comedy. And okay. I know you went to... University, didn't you? Yes, yeah. But you had the best uni one of the best universities in the country on your doorstep. Yeah. Well, it was sort of weird, really, because we sort of moved around. Like, I'm from Bristol, but we moved around. Oh, hello. Oh, Archie's doing a poo. Well done, Archie. Well done, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Archie with that ball in his mouth. I've never seen anything so cute. He looks like a Disney dog. Yeah. Get your ball. Shush. Come on, Arch. You're letting yourself down and... It's a bit like, you know when you go on a school trip? And he's behaving like an unruly kid. Or when your partner gets really drunk in front of your <laughs> friends. Yeah, Christ. Um, um, so yeah, so, so going yeah. to Bristol. So I went to, uh, yeah, I went to university there and uh, just started doing gigs. When yeah. I, in the, literally in the first, first week I did a, a gig. So my whole aim when I was at university was to become a stand-up really. So really? I, yeah, I was doing gigs, I used to gig like, Three, three times a week. But like, when does that happen? I know you were saying you had almost like a quite a mock the week set up in your house. Yes. Naturally, but when does that happen where you sort of think, oh, okay, I'm quite funny, aren't I? This is a currency for me. Do you know what I mean? This is yeah. something I can do. Do you remember yeah. the moment? I remember having a chat with my teacher when yeah. I was, I'd been 15, and I was just being, you know, just being silly and making, I, made, I used to make her laugh, her name was Mrs. Ford. And like, I don't know, something was said, it was, it was in German, and something went on the board, and does anyone know what this is? And I said something funny, and she laughed and went, don't do that all the time. And she had a word with me afterwards and said, yeah. you just have to stop this. And I was kind of really honest with her and said, I just can't help it, it's sort of, it, it, it's out Can of my- Can I she's met a food, is it, it a food Yeah, it'd be all right. He's not used to being ignored, that's the weird thing. Yeah. So yeah, and I was just really honest with her and just said I can't help it. That I just, it was out before I even thought, I'm not misbehaving, I just can't help it. Mm. And um, that was a real kind of, and she was like, oh, fair enough. So my teachers never used to get annoyed with me. They'd kind of sort of laugh and we'd all, there was a bunch of us, we'd all muck around and. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the first time. And then I kind of got obsessed with Lee Evans when I was a kid. Oh, did you? Yeah, so I used to watch his videos. And then, I don't know, I just, it was always this sort of dream I had. From about 15, I used to write <coughs> all these jokes. Gable, watch. Gable. Gable. So, 
Yeah, and that was it really. I just because uh... I look at you now, and you know you've got a a large female fan base as well as male. But you know I would see you as someone who's you know you got a lot, you you tick a lot of boxes. When you were growing up, were you the jock that kind of got the girl and was very cool, or were you the kind of geeky, a bit awkward? Well, it's sort of a bit of both really. Because I was I'm like. My main thing, I'm, I'm good at football, so that was my main thing. All I did at school really was play football. And then I kind of started, when I was about 15, I sort of I started getting into like war poetry and... Really? Yeah, I really loved it. Like, uh, we had this amazing English teacher and I started getting into drama a bit. That would, and so I was like a combination of that really, sort of 80% lad. Yeah. 20% kind of like drama student, really. And were you, did you get into girls young? Not really, no. I had really terrible acne and I've got a lazy eye. Yeah. And I, it's a really weird thing with having a, so you just avoid eye contact all the time. So people either think you're really shy or really arrogant. Do you do it now still? Yeah, yeah, because. As a hangover from. You just can't, like it's just, a, it's a defense mechanism yeah. to kind of, so, so, so it means you can never read what's going on with women. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, because you're not looking at them, you're looking at their lips. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Get your balls on. Yeah, wasn't really a womanizer as such. Well, you're not? No, not really. Well, so, I had, had a couple of girlfriends, but yeah. but I wasn't, you know. You're a one woman man. Yeah, I had a, a girlfriend when I was 15. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, I'm with my girlfriend now. <laughs> Archie boy, where's your ball? So, um, so we're talking about Keris, your yes. girlfriend. Yes. And she's a doctor. Uh huh. Which. I kind of love that she's a doctor. Yes, it's great. Do it? you? Oh yeah, it's brilliant. It's really... Well, what do you like about it? I like that it's a... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a proper job and it's a vital job. And you're sort of very proud of her. Yeah. And, you know, she tells me all these stories about people that she's helped or saved or conversations with and I'm not allowed to tell any of them they're so sweet and funny and warm and weird yeah but um, yeah that it's really interesting to spend time with someone that's motivated solely by trying to make people happy yeah do you know what I mean yeah like, so there's something quite cool about hearing but stories but then aren't you like, motivated by that as well yeah but I get paid happy. really well for it and she doesn't that's the weird thing so I'm but my so my thing is they're very similar being a doctor and being a comedian are very similar because yeah. it's that thing of you have the ability to kind of reach into your brain and pick out stuff like I've got that kind of brain I can remember stuff and but it's all nonsense and she's got exactly the same brain but she can find useful things and I can only find silliness but right. they're very similar yeah and, I can and see you spend that. years trying to be a doctor and then you are a doctor and you want to be it and be the best you can in the same comedy. Do you know what I mean? It takes yeah. ages to get there. Yeah. And then once you're in it, it's so much fun. Well, it's one of those jobs where the 10,000 hours principle is absolutely necessary. Absolutely, isn't it? Yeah. completely. And you're defined by your profession. Yeah. And particularly for my girlfriend, she doesn't look like a doctor. And we should say at this point, she's quite hot, Russell's she's girlfriend. Right. Yeah. But she I call her the hot doctor. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She sounds like, yeah, she, it's a book she could write. But, <laughs> but I think that it's, it's far more interesting for her to be, you know, a doctor rather than yeah. going out with a comedian. Do I was going to say... It's more interesting for me as well. Well, before we sort of set off and we were having a cup of tea in your place and we were talking about that and you were saying, oh, look at those poodles, Russell. Yeah, I'm not into poodles. Really? They give me but look, it looks like Brian May. It's yeah, brilliant. It does. 
Honestly, there's nothing for me. <laughs> I love them. I've got. I love your dogs. <laughs> they're senior. They're gonna be nice. All right. How old are they? They're gonna be nine. All right. Eight and a half. Oh, they're brilliant. Oh, well, nice to meet you. Come on, Arch. See you later. Bye bye. Archie went at least 16% more camp when he was with those yeah, poodles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, it's really, yeah, I, I'm not into poodles at all. You didn't like I've them? Got a, I really like Jack Russells and I like beagles. Mm. And that's about it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like with, with, with kids, like, you know, like, I don't like all, all babies. I don't have that, you know, like, yeah. like, my girlfriend loves every dog. Whereas, like, we went, to, first of all, we, when, she, when she really wanted a dog, we went to this weird farm in like middle of Warwick and it was just this mangy, like flea ridden thing. Mm. And she was like, oh, he's beautiful, can we have him? And you're like, absolutely not. So. <laughs> but I think having your girlfriend, because you were commuting for a while, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, we used to live in Leamington. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. But did you think you had a sense that it was important? I mean, obviously you'd met someone and you'd really fallen for her. But do you think there was also, you had a sense of with the job that you do, it's important for you to be in a stable kind of long-term relationship that has nothing to do with that world in a way. Oh right, well yeah, but it must have, yeah, I think it must be very difficult to go out with another comedian, because, but a lot of people do, but I, yeah, it's kind of, because I use my life a lot, it must be that weird experience if something funny happens to you, who has ownership of it, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also just a nice switch off rather than, I've got enough kind of, anxiety and are you um are you easy to live with no no why not because um I, i'm messy mm -hmm. um i was actually given a list of, of things that i have to change about myself by keris which is very funny go on then what are they she wanted to go to a football game she's never been to a football game um which is easy to do yeah. um when when i make cereal i've got to let her have a bite of it always make a cup of tea for everyone rather than just myself Okay. I'm not to put my hands down my trousers when I'm in the kitchen. And, um, oh, oh, and like, this could be a kickoff. Yeah. I was, well, I was just going to quickly nip in there and get a tea, is that right? Yeah, let's go. And then if we do a loop around there. Oh, perfect. But no. I can tell you. Yeah. So, That's very. Um, yeah, it was really funny, but it's a brilliant list. Because after, because I've just done like, a, like an eight month tour. Yeah. And yeah, it was really. Cute and funny, but I'm quite messy. Are you? Yeah, really messy, but she's bad too. But I'm a different level. I don't have that. But you see, that. those are things that are quite easy to fix, I would say. Yeah. Is there anything that you would say inherently about you as a person? Do you know, there's a thing on, um, have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, yeah. You know that bit where he, uh, DiCaprio's walking along and he has an orange juice and he throws it over his shoulder? Yeah. Like, I can't tell you how much my girlfriend laughed at that because she was like, that is you. And there's a story of, that Louis C.K. tells when he's living with Mark Maron, where he spilt some hot sauce on his carpet. He couldn't clean it up, he just couldn't bring himself to. And I have that exact, I just, like, I can sit and write jokes and, like, that, all stuff like that, but I would just leave rubbish. I don't have it, I don't have it in me. It's so weird. So if she wasn't there, I mean, you'd be honestly, living in an absolute... Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have a bed. I would have, I would never do anything like that. Like, when I lived on my own, I was just, I just had a mattress. I just, I, I would live like that, genuinely. You know like, you know, like in uh, The Sopranos, when there's a hit taken out of them, that's how I'd live. I've just got no interest in it. I love a messy house there. Okay, here's a question. Do you have a temper? Um, yes. Do you? Yeah, but not with, uh, only with 
mostly with football, really. That's like, that's the only time I really, and, and Kerry's can't get a, a head around it. But for example, when we drew three all, when Liverpool drew three all with Bournemouth, yeah. and we threw one up, I, I went absolutely mental and was like punching, punching the sofa and screaming. And, and Kerry's can't really understand that. But that, that's the thing that gets me angriest, really. Really? Yeah. That's the, that's the only, and like sometimes at gigs, when you kind of, particularly doing the show at the minute, you kind of work so hard. And if something doesn't work or they, I get annoyed at myself more Do than you? people. Yeah, yeah. What you also sort of say, come on Russell. Or well, like, you know, like, fuck. Yeah. So it's the exasperation when things aren't going. We should say actually, you're doing this show at the moment for Sky yeah. One, which is brilliant. And it's called, is it the Russell Howard? It's called the Russell Howard Hour. Hour. Yeah. That's it. I wanted to and call it Woe and Wonder. Oh <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't let me have that. And it's sort of a roundup of the news yeah. and and it's really brilliant. I really like it actually, but I'm interested because do you see yourself in some ways as you have quite a young demographic, I think. Right. And do you feel that there's a sense of responsibility in terms of you're slightly educating people who some of those people, I mean there's there's all sorts of people watching your show, but there's your younger fans. I think it's great that they're learning about news as well and not watching TOWIE. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's well, that, that's the weird thing that we do. Like, so I write the show with our mutual friend Steve Hall yes. and Steve Williams and Dan Atkinson and uh, a girl called Kiri pritchard McLean. And the we were talking about this. If we just go up here, yeah. talking about this the other day, we basically we're doing reality TV. That's what our show is, and yeah. and because the reality at the minute is that we're all glued to the news, and we're all kind of you know uh, looking at what Trump's done, or we're reacting to stories like Grenfell, or we're finding out that housing's down 97% since 2010, and we're all plugged in, and that's reality. Mm. It, it is an orange people trying to bang on a beach, yeah. And I think that TV is pretty lazy and kind of just slop feeds people this shit. It's, it's, it's harder to make a show about the world, but I think it's really important to try and make sense of it because I think we all felt that, I certainly did. Mm. This summer was really, and I spent a lot of time away from England and I saw, you know, all the terror attacks and, you know, and the general election and our country's really broken and, mm. and really disenfranchised and it feels like post-Brexit, that the worst thing to come out of that was like everything now it's sort of sort of words were appearing that you hadn't seen before and sort of there were all these hate attacks and you just want to make sense of it yeah. and and I was listening to this is pretty weird but I was listening to a lot of Kendrick Lamar oh, and, yeah. and um, I was just fascinated by how he was basically like if you listen to his album there's just loads of you know funny dick gags and yeah. kind of social commentary mm, <laughs> so mm. I kind of it was really interesting you kind of go of course you can talk about stuff like that because my whole tour well not all of it but a big chunk of it was about girls uh, one in four 16 to 25 year old girls in the UK self-harm and that was yeah. a big part and I was talking about that in an in arenas yeah you know but you you absolutely can and I think for a but long that's time that you can have that conversation well, well and for a long time I didn't think that people would be interested in stuff like that right. but it came about because or, you know the idea if you're doing a gig in front of 18,000 people you know you've got to kind of keep it simple but yeah. the last tour 
it was definitely the most uh, sort of confrontational show I've ever done. And really? it was and it was the best just because you're talking about things being broken or like it really upset me, like one in four like self-harming and you sort of look well why are they what, what what's happened to us why why is nobody speaking about this you know do you ever get young people writing to you or getting in touch with you and saying yeah yeah do you and what sort of things do they say i don't know like i have a, quite a lot of people what's very interesting i have a lot of people all over the world who are very similar that for what and i think this happens to most comedians that i think a lot of people are in quite a down place and yeah. being in a whack on mickey flanagan or McIntyre or yeah. Chappelle or whoever, it really, um, it really cheers people up. So that's the main thing I get really, that a lot of people are quite down mm. and they kind of watch my stuff and it cheers them up, you know? And then, and then you meet them <laughs> massively. Just, they're, so, they're always people that are so disappointed because How you are people when they meet you then? What's their response to you? It's just really sweet and lovely and I'm pretty normal. And on, you are quite normal and once actually, I, Once I've done a gig, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm done. I've, oh, this is exciting. We're about to see a penalty. Oh. This is very... Are you, are you a football fan? Yeah, I am. Nice. Here we go. I think this is going to be bottom right. Let's have a look. You think so? He's a meaty lad. He's taking a very small run up. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Bottom right. And he's just going to bang it. Bang. Oh. There you go. There you go. No one celebrates a penalty, mate. Already? Um, <laughs> I said to Russell Howard earlier, what do you get angry yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. I didn't believe him when he said football. Yeah. He's already kicking off. Mm. And an amateur coats well, on the ground. It's pathetic. Jumpers for goalposts game but in it, the park. I, and the worst, <laughs> if you want to see the worst side of me, it's playing football with my brother. Because I love my brother. He's just, yeah. he's the best. But when, when we play football, we are eight years old again. It's, it's, hot, it's so horrible and so mean. Your life seems so kind of perfect well it's not well it, it does so what isn't perfect like when you were growing up I can't see yeah. did you have anything bad happen to you um, I was yeah I kind of lost I was thrown through a window at school when I was 15 really Russell yeah, yeah. and I what, um, how did that happen well it was all very uh, there was basically I played it's all to do with football it always mm. comes down to football but I played for a team and I was quite good mm. so I left that team and I went to a another team and then I was hanging out with basically there was there was aggro between my new team and this team that I joined so I was the only person that went to my school that played for this other team right yeah and it was all a bit weird and you know got slung through a window and well, lost you said all my friends a bit weird what someone pushed you through a window yeah a kid in the year above sort of like to be honest thank god he did otherwise I'd had the sh shit really kicked out of me so as it is I took a bit of a beating and then luckily I was put through a window which didn't actually hurt that much but it caused like enough shock for him to kind of run off otherwise I think he'd have really beaten the fuck out of me. But that must but, have been quite traumatic. Yeah, yeah it was pretty weird. The, the interesting thing is because up to that point I was just you know really good at football and you know just bouncing around you know normal kind of pretty intelligent kid not super smart not super thick knocking along and then that happened and I kind of lost all my friends but it meant why did you lose all your friends because of this argument yeah basically. and so it meant that I hung out with um, the freaks and geeks and it was brilliant right, so it turned the plastics had rejected you yeah completely yeah. and it was really great actually and it, and it sort of often looking back on it you know when people say like of mouthy kids you're like what he needs he needs a really good idea and it'll sort him out and it turns out 
sometimes it does help. But yeah, so that do was a you big think, thing. Do you look back and think, I mean, obviously no one is justifying what they did. Yeah. But do you think in some ways you would have been, yeah, you would have been a different person? Yeah. So, because pe people often say, don't they, that... Well, because I, well, I, I never used to go out. So as a consequence, like on a Friday, Saturday, this is always pretty funny when he picks up his stick. He'll so Archie's got a giant stick And he'll here. pick that up. Come on, Archie, bring a stick. Come on, bring a stick. Archie. But if you just walk, see? But he just wants you to play with it. But he will carry it. Come on, there you go. Oh my God, that's the cutest um, thing I've ever seen. Mental. But so I never used to go out on a Friday and Saturday and sort of hang around town drinking mm. in the park because I'd have been beaten up. So I was watching Have I Got News For You with my dad. Really? So, yeah, and that's kind of weirdly where I got into... I mean, that's pretty funny, isn't it? It's weirdly where I got into um, I got into comedy. And did you look at that and think, I really want to be on that? Or did it not occur to you that you I just, could it, be it on that? It wasn't about that. I just, just love it. It's sort of that thing of, like, seeing the, the effect that Paul Merton had on my dad. Like, yeah. my dad used to howl. Or seeing the, the, when David Jason fell through the bar. Yeah. Seeing the look... My, my nan and my granddad, it absolutely destroyed them. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. It was the, just the best, just these two very normal working class people just losing their shit over a man falling for a bar. So, I don't know. Would like, you describe your family as working class? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? So yeah. what did your parents do? Uh, you so a dinner lady? She was a dinner lady yeah. and then she was a mum. Well, yeah. I said that, that thing, they were certainly born, obviously now, they're, they're middle class, but my... My wider family is still very kind of working class. My dad went to university, but when mum and dad met, dad was living in a car because he'd, his dad left when he, before he was born and his mum died when he was 17. So he was in a bit of a pickle. And um, yeah, he met my mum when he was, and he didn't get, and he didn't get on I like that you described that as a bit of a pickle. Yeah. Instead of saying, well, <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. probably suffering from some sort of low-grade depression. Yeah, he was in a right... Well, yeah, there's a lot... Do you think it was, looking back? He must have been in a bad... Oh, yeah, state. Christ. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly tra traumatic for him. Yeah. But he and his... His, his mum died of a heart attack, and he had a big row with her that oh. morning. So, you know, the last thing he said to yeah. her was said in anger. So my dad never goes to bed on, a, on an argument. Really? So that's his thing, yeah, so... Do you think you feel like that as well, having heard that story when you were younger, or I just are you happy it... to have around? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I try and solve things you? before you go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they, they, mum and dad were together from from very early age, and mum had me when she was twenty, and, yeah. and dad was at university. So I've, weirdly, I've read my dad's university diaries, really? and they're really funny because it's just like <laughs> he's like did my exam. I think I nailed it, definitely at least 80%. Like, he's crazy, my dad, he's really, yeah. like when he, he's born on the same day as Hitler, so he's got this weird, when, it, when he's, when he's uh, no, April 14th. April, oh, April, so yeah. when he kind of sets out to do something, he does it. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just properly, but like, pretty scary, but just like, it, it you know, he has that kind of, yeah. like, this is happening. But um, that's nice, you sound like you're close to your family. And actually, oh yeah, massively. You know, it's interesting, when you talk to a lot of comics, yeah. I think sometimes, can't generalise, but it's kind of less the case, if I'm honest. You okay. know, sometimes comedy, come, the inciting incident comes, not always, but sometimes from bad stuff happening. Yes. Or Jimmy Carr always said, because he lost his mum when he was young. Yeah, And he said that. he was talking to Jim Carrey and he'd said, often with comics it's 
because you had to make someone laugh or you felt you had to be the person who was making it all right for everyone. Yes. But that doesn't, I can't, in your case, it feels like quite a happy childhood. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was, I had a, a very happy childhood and very, you know, just it was me, my brother and my sister, we used to kind of, you know, hang out and listen to the top 40 on a Sunday and <laughs> mum would cut our hair and it looked ridiculous. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'd uh, kind of muck around on, we used to have like a home video and we'd dick around on that and, you know, dress up and do these weird sort of sketches and stuff. And, you know, mum was very kind of creative and yeah. dad was really sporty and would get us doing stuff. So it was great, really. And then I sort of, the, the role that sort of watching comedy played mm. in my life was, was so amazing. One. And then I kind of, I, I actually sort of drifted away from my family for quite, like, as a, from probably about 15 to 25, I didn't Why really, just because, you know, there was a teenager and I didn't want to hang out with my parents. And, yeah, you know, finding out who you were. Yeah, yeah, and then sort of when I first, I started doing comedy when I was 18. Do you remember your first gig? Were yeah. you terrified? Yeah, but I remember I did, I was, I was going out with a girl at the time I did the whole set and it was like an hour of stuff and I read it all to her and her sister mm. and they kind of laughed and then I went and did it and um, I kind of threw up before I went on and then did I you? threw up afterwards but yeah it was the best it was just so exciting. I, I read you said something once about how and I don't want to paraphrase you because yeah. you said it but it was something about just that feeling of be, feeling a bit like not a superhero but it was a yeah. nice analogy not X-Men or something. It was. Yeah. It's, it's, like, but it's the bit in uh, an interview with a vampire when Brad Pitt gets bitten and then he, he, he uh, wakes up with his new vampire eyes. And that's what it felt like doing comedy because it was like, for the first time you're like, this is a mechanism through which you can do life. So mm. everything brilliant or everything awful can be put through this sausage maker. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, an, it's a brilliant way. Now, whether it's the best way to be, uh, a, a rounded human being is another matter, but it's certainly a great way to... Why do you question that? Well, because you're putting everything through this filter. Yeah. So rather than just being, you're kind of... You've always got... Even in an awful situation, there is still part of you going, well, this could be something. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And it's kind of a strange Are you a sort of... Filter. Again, we're talking about Jimmy. Someone like Jimmy and actually Frank Skinner, yeah. who I work with, yeah. he's a real note-taker, Frank, so you know, yes. if he's out somewhere, yeah. do you do that? Yeah, I write it all on my uh, iPhone. Yeah, kind of go over it, it's the best. Well, I think Woody Allen used to do that. So when I'm not doing stand-up, I kind of just make loads of notes in my iPhone. Yeah. And then when I'm gonna do a tour, I kind of look at everything. And I read something really cool about Woody Allen, that he basically just writes notes, and then he puts them all in a drawer. And then when he goes to write a new film, he kind yeah. of empties the drawer out onto his bed and looks at all these sort of disparate notes and figures oh, something really? out. Yeah, and I think it's quite good because when you're wandering about or kind of in the shower or, or just yeah. doing nothing, you think of all these great ideas. You don't really think about them when you're kind of sat. Yeah. Right now I have to write the joke, you know? I'm putting Archie's lead on now. You have to, yeah, because he will run. So across. I've got a question for you. Yes. When did you last cry? When did I last cry? Yeah. Um, I, I cried at my nan's funeral. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't cry at my granddad's, but I really lost it at my nan's. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. But, because uh, well, I loved you them were both. You were sad, you Well, no, no, as in, I, I loved them both. But yeah. Something about, yeah, my nan. So yeah. my nan and granddad died this year, and oh, that's really yeah, it was rubbish. Yeah. And my uncle Tim died 
as well. Right, yeah. Yeah, because my, my auntie Sandra has had a right old time of it. So yeah. my uncle Tim, I think, was 60, maybe 65. He died, I think, about six weeks ago now. Oh. And um, her dog died this week. And oh, it was just no. one of those where, yeah. like, and she's kind of on her own. One it's thing just after like, another, yeah. Yeah, but you know, that really knocked me for six. Really? So I was kind of thinking, oh, should we buy her a dog? You know, but yeah. I don't think she kind of wants one because so she, she just, she's just doing anything to keep herself busy yes. at the minute. So to keep occupied, yeah. And, and like having a dog, as much fun as it is, means that she can't necessarily go to a... Well, the thing is, it's a big responsibility, as yeah. I know, I'm discovering now. So it's, you know. Hey, everyone that knows you describes you as incredibly generous. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And Who's this? Well, I've heard tales of suits, made-to-measure suits oh, this being is, bought. Well, it's because Steve Hall, there's something about our friend Steve Hall, he looks mm. good He looks good in a suit. But I've heard tales of motorbikes oh, yeah. being bought for people. Yeah, yeah, that's from my agent. But that's really generous. Yeah, but it was, it was his birthday and he's kind of done so much for me. And it looked, again, I sort of really get off on seeing, like, I, I had this... I got like, like a, a wanky sports car. Have you? What? No, no. Is, so I got it a few years ago. You bought it. I was hungover, and I yeah. went. I went to Leicester, and I bought this car. What it, was it? Are you allowed to it, say? Um, yeah, it was a BMW Z4. So it's kind of, okay. you know, for me, it was kind of like this top-end, cool car. And I got it. I was driving around it. I was like, it's, good, it's fine. It's quite good fun. And then uh, my mate Craig's dad was like, oh, I really love that car. So I, I sold it to him for nine grand because I just didn't need it and it, and it made me feel silly. But I remember seeing him in it yeah. in Leamington and honestly, the look, it, yeah, oh, it looked amazing just to see this, this old guy in this kind of wanky, yeah, in this wanky sports car. Oh, oh, okay. He just looked brilliant. But does that um, yeah. give you pleasure then? I mean, yeah. that's why people do it, isn't it? But I love, yeah, I properly love, like Christmas, I kind of, it's really weird, like with cars, like I bought, I bought my mum a car for Christmas and I bought my sister a car, a previous one, and I got my brother one mm. and I got Keris one, not all in the same year, staggered oh, so it. So how many cars have you bought? I bought them all a car, yeah, so, but <laughs> the last one I got, I got Keris's car and because um, I don't drive, I had to drive to Bristol to give That's it. That's really interesting that you keep buying people cars and you don't drive. Yeah. Is this completely self-interested? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Because you exactly. basically want lift yeah. everywhere yeah. you go. <laughs> well, that's it. And if you bought it, they're not going to turn you down. So you look at this. Look at this little boy here. Look at this touch. Absolutely wow. beautiful little touch. So he's a little Aguero in the making. He's just got a lovely. Yeah. Look at this. Oh, wow. You don't want to live in a world where somebody doesn't try that. So yeah, I bought I bought Keris this cool car for Christmas and I thought oh, I'll drive it to, to her mm. parents house and I drove it and I got as far as Chiswick uh, <laughs> and I crashed it so I, so I had to ring her up and say I've got you a car for Christmas but I have crashed it so <laughs> it's, it's going to a garage now and they'll have all the details so we'll get it sorted in January is that all right? <laughs> so yeah it backfired. But everyone likes getting stuff. I like I think also it's like yeah but I, some I, people I, don't like buying it you know there are rich people it. I mean, you're doing all right now. Yeah. But there are rich people, as we know, that don't. Yeah, but I love like like one of my. I took my family to my, for my dad's 60th. We all went to Australia. It's brilliant. So and I kind of paid for that. Mm. And it was Is just. Is that one of the nice nice it was just things? Great. Yeah, isn't but it, about yeah, well, just making sort of a few quid, you know. And seeing your mum on like a business class flight, 
it's just the best. There's something really cool. My mum's very good at that because we all get, you get very used to how lucky you are. And, you know, yeah. I stay in loads of hotel rooms. And if you put my mum in a hotel room, she reacts as everyone does in a hotel room, which is to lose her shit and just be like, oh my God, look, oh, we got free biscuits. We've got all the kettles. Look at there, there's a trouser press. And, and, and she's really, she really reminds you yeah. of how you should be. So yeah. I kind of like seeing them. That is a I good like reminder drink. actually, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Well, because the amount of times you're in a, in a hotel room, you're like, Ugh, another place and you sort of forget. It's mm. really exciting. Mm. Have you ever had therapy, Russell? I have, yes. And what did you think of it? Oh, this is a cute dog. Uh, so nice cute. touch. It was all right, wasn't it? That was all right. Um, come on. Um, yeah, I sort of did briefly. Yeah, Just, how did you find it? I struggled with it because... Well, because the first question that was asked to me, and this is, it's the illness of always having an audience. Right. So she says... I like that expression. Yeah, so she goes, she says, how, how do you think people in Guantanamo... This is the first question. She goes, how do you think people in Guantanamo Bay feel? And I said, I, I went, orange is not my colour. That was my first reaction. And I kind of looked at her and sort of smiled. And she, and she kind of went, um, why did you do that? And I said, I don't know. And, and she went, you, you, shouldn't, you, you shouldn't have to joke in here. And I instantly went, well, this is a fucking waste of time. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was that weird thing of, and then we sort of bickered for an hour. And then I saw another guy, and that was pretty useful, but... Yeah, I kind of figured out my own way of. I just yeah. I have to. I have to slow stuff down. Do you? Yeah, because I what kind do you of. Mean? Well, I just like doing what what I do. It's that thing of you're always going against yourself, and you know if you're doing a show in front of fifteen thousand people, you need it needs to be amazing. So you practice it loads, and you go to comedy clubs, and you just practice, and you write, and you throw stuff out, and you try new stuff, and you keep on doing it until it's perfect, and then you do it. And it goes well, and you're like, mm. on to the next thing. And it's that weird thing of trying to get out of that loop so that you can actually enjoy it. And I had a few moments doing the tour this year where I was really, I sort of tried to remind myself to be, to be in the moment. Yeah. And I, I had specifically, I was at Manchester Arena, and my dad was there. And I was, there's 18,000 people, and I was just yeah. showing off for my dad. It was great. So those kind of moments are so brilliant and the problem is the reason why I had to have is because it's very hard to do normal life if you've suddenly been like this thing in front of 18,000 people yeah. it's really difficult to kind of then sit and watch telly because in terms of your mind racing or just being just the 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 the, the, the wonder of it like yeah. there's 18,000 people and you're you're the orchestra, you are the music, you're the, the light, it's incredible and, it's, and you're making them laugh and it's that you're a version of yourself that you, that you never thought you could be and, and yet you're the same person that remembers being eight years old in the back of the yeah. car, it's all that. And, the, and it's just a, an amazing privilege and f fun and great and then suddenly you're not doing it and it doesn't really mean anything, it's gone, you know, and, and, and it's that weird... And do you think as well of, you know, when, if you look at something like The Mask, as in the Jim Carrey's film, yes, do you see it as that, as something you put on and then you put that mask away when you're at home with Keris, with Archie and, you know, or do you not 
distinguish between those two personas? Oh no, I'm pretty, I'm pretty similar at home. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but but it's just, it's just concentrated, and not diluted, and you know exactly where you're going. Do you think sometimes? I think the more, yeah, you're remarkably similar to how you are on stage, really. Yeah. And I sometimes think what that comes down to, and Frank Skinner always talks about this being authentic, mm. really, that's sort of the best way to stop yourself going mad, really. Yeah. Is once those two, you know, we all know people who, the, the public see one version of them and we know the reality is very yeah. different. Yeah. You know. Perhaps that's, that's when it gets problematic, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. With this show, it's quite a long series they've given you for yeah. Sky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 12 more weeks. It's, it's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah. But it's a show you love doing. Yeah, I love doing it. And, yeah. and the, I think the cool thing is they, they basically said, you can do whatever you want. And yeah. I think originally they wanted it to be like a chat show, just a you know, standard chat show. Yeah. But I'm not really interested in doing that. So. Really? Yeah. It's not really good at it. I'm, I'm not, it's not my, it's not my skill. Like I've, like, w we're interviewing a guy in a couple of weeks, who basically infiltrated the uh, the Ku Klux Klan, yeah. and he turned 200 members. And I'd far rather meet him yeah. than than yeah. than have a conversation with uh, like an actor or an actress. I just not not to say I don't like watching that. I just don't have that skill. Yeah. I understand. To, to, do you know what I mean? To be frothy. Does the prospect of acting interest you? Nah. Well, because I, I did. Because you did your own, you had yeah. a sitcom that you wrote, yeah, yeah. didn't you? With, and yeah. your sister was in it. My sister was in it, and yeah. it was a real, it was a real eye opener, just to how talented my sister was. Yeah. And how I just, I'm not, I'm too fidgety, to be a good actor. I think to be a really good actor, you've got to be very still. Have you got ADHD? Yeah. Have like, you ever been diagnosed? No, nah, but I just. Lee Max got it. Oh yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But Lee's insane, like Lee. You know, Lee's got a tall manager, and he, like, but Lee drives the car. Mad. I know. I remember me, Lee, um, Danny Boy, and uh, Andy Parsons went fishing in uh, New Zealand. Yeah. And we just, like, we were travelling out, and, and we basically said to the hotel where we were staying, was, if we get some fish, can, can you guys cook it for later? Is that all right? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, if you want, mate. And so we went out there, and we were trying to catch fish, and Lee went, Lee went, how many fish do you reckon are in the sea? Like that, and this bloke was like, I, I, don't, I don't know, mate. I've never really thought about it. But how many? We, if we go down yeah, there, yeah. And this guy was like, and he's like, to the thousand, how many? <laughs> and this bloke was just, he gave me this amazing look. But we, uh, we caught nothing. It was brutal. <laughs> Are you, do you hang out a lot with other comics? Uh, I hang out with, uh, yeah, Steve Hall is a really yeah. good friend of mine. Yeah. Al Pitcher, but them really like Steve Williams. Yeah. Like they're they're my kind of closest comic pals. Yeah. But yeah, but I used to live in a flat. John Robbins I used to live in a flat. Oh with yeah. Who just John won Richardson. the yes. comedy first yeah. comedy award. Yeah. And, but you don't strike me as a sort of red carpet person. No. For a start, Russell Howard, I've never seen you in a suit. No, because <laughs> it just doesn't. It, it like it doesn't work. I don't really? like. Really, I think you look good in a suit. Yeah, no? but I, uh, but I have to fight that. Otherwise, I've got. There's a real air of, I sort of hover between a state agent and boy band. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of that horrible. 
You need to change your Twitter bio. That's yeah. what it should yeah. say. Do you consciously think, because you look young and you're quite boyish. Yes. I don't, I don't think I'm the first person to have said that. No, well, that's it. Well, it's re like in every review, it's really weird. Mm. Like, because I was going to the gym a lot, which again was another yeah, way. Yeah, you're ripped, aren't you? Not anymore. Cause really? Cause, no, because I just lost, the, I was just getting fed up in every fucking review. They were just kind of. What were they saying? Just about like, you know, he gets quite animated, but that might be because he's been going down the gym, you know, and it's that thing where you kind of, it was just, get, it was annoying me. So I've also gone vegan. So I watched this terrible film about meat, so I've lost quite a lot of weight. That's interesting though, did you find that as a man? Because obviously as a woman, yeah, it would that really would be reductive, apps, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, oh, you know, if well, Catherine I, Ryan looks great, but you can't just talk about how she looks yeah. for 20 you know, Absolutely. pages. Absolutely, uh, but I often thought that as well with the, because um, we're, we're actually trying to do a bit about it for, we're doing a bit about cosmetic surgery for the show. Yeah. Trying to get some, some angles. I was talking about, there's a, the, the Heat magazine's weird crush of the year. You, which is you like won a, that, which I did win, and I was, and I've, I've been in it every um, every year. But yeah. it is that weird thing that you kind of go. It's, it's funny, and I don't give a shit. But if there was um, a list like that yeah. for women, there'd be fucking uproar. But it, it's basically, you know, it, it's, you know, in some respects we've moved on. It, it's the insinuation that they're only laughing because you've been down the gym. It's just bollocks, and it just kind of annoys me. It's the same as sort of saying. Oh, the only pe reason people laugh at, um, I don't know, Sarah Pascoe, she's got lovely hair. Mm, Do you know mm, what I mean? It's mm. just bollocks. But that's interesting. I wonder, because it, I was chatting to George Lamb and he was saying, and I was referring to him, I, I was wondering if he found it kind of reductive, because people always talk about him as being good looking. And yeah. He said, no, I love it. I'm a handsome man. Yes. <laughs> but he is great. a handsome man though, isn't he? But, they, but they, do you think you're a handsome man? No. I'm I'm a I'm a good-looking comedian, and there's a massive, you know, there's a massive difference to that. Yeah, like all, all my mates are good-looking, but I, yeah, like I've never pulled anyone in a disco or a nightclub. Like I have to get them out of out of music so I can talk them into it. You know. I don't believe that. Oh no, Christ! It's the absolute truth. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like the Miranda in Sex and the City. Yeah, I remember we went to Magaluf and I met this when we were like, I was like 18 with my mates, and they were all kind of like banging. And then I sort of met this kind of this girl, and we went down the beach and we were just having a chat. But that was the only way. Yeah. I remember my friend Geraint said it brilliantly. Like, if you have a conversation with someone, yeah, you, you know, the world's the world changes a bit and you kind of get a bit further and you're sharing something, they're sharing something. When you're dancing, you're just waggling each other like bees. And yeah. I really like that, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of, it's like... It's, it's like, very primitive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's also the other... It's like it's this obsession with Strictly that happens to us every year. And I always get offered it. With Strictly come dancing? Yeah, but it's... Do I, you? I can't, Would you ever do it? No, I can't dance. And I, just, I, I dance like a newborn pony. Yeah. And also... I just, the idea, like music. And you're in a nice relationship, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the affair would be a bit annoying but to But music's cherish. so beautiful, and it, like, there's nothing better in the world. It's liquid emotion, and it flows through you, and it makes you wiggle and move, and it's correct. However you dance to music is right. Mm. So the idea that somebody goes, oh, that's not correct, oh, yeah. is bollocks. Like, when my, when my mum is drunk and she's dancing, like, the idea that you come up to her and go, seven? <laughs> like, it's just... It's bollocks. I just, I just don't. I, f I find it very strange to sort of say th that that's correct. That that that, that that the rules say that is how one should dance to this yeah. music. Well, we do. You nonsense. think we've got an obsession currently with 
judging and panels and yeah you know and pitting each other that's the thing like they, yeah. i'm really frustrated with this that it's come over i knew it would yeah. but it's come over to england like comedy roasts yeah. so where you get two comics in the room and they kind of just go at each other mm. and it's just i hate it i hate it so much do you would you yeah. ever do one of those no, roasts? because it's Why? not because if you've been bullied it just reminds you of, of that at, at the same experience at school and it's like the world is divided enough without getting two brilliant people together and rather than making them create something get them to tear strips of each other like and it always comes down you know to say they're fat or their ethnicity or yeah. something like that and it's all like those ooh that yeah. laugh and it's just i just hate it i kind of i'm the kind of guy if someone runs to catch the tube and and if they get in i can love it and if, really? if, they got, if they missed it, I wouldn't be happy. You know, hey, think, that's a really yeah. brilliant thing, isn't it? That the world is maybe divided into people who feel yeah. a sense of glee yeah. when the person doesn't get the tube, which I worry I might be one of them. Do you? And th well, I don't know, Russell. I, I worry, and I've, you know, I've got to be honest about this. I worry there's a part of me that feels I got onto the lifeboat. Right. You know, <laughs> and that's a really unattractive characteristic. No, it's I'm not. not proud of it, but I feel... But what I like see about see your suckers, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I like it's uh, see I like people like you because I like people that are able to analyze that yeah. and then make that interesting and then because you're not because you, you're clearly not not proud of that. No, I'm really ashamed but, of it. But exactly, and I think <laughs> but that's where so much kind of comedy or interest yeah. comes from. It's that thing of here's the thing. I do, like I'm I really love that now. I do this, but I'll be honest with you, I think this. You know, yeah. I, I kind of I like those sort of little dark avenues but then isn't that maybe that's where sort of like, comedy lies is people's darkness sometimes yeah do you know what i mean it's, well, it's just what makes you happy but it's like being true like one of my favorite things in the world i really like it's just reminded me of seeing those two old girls there i really like seeing a really old wrinkly woman in a sports How car dare you? i love it <laughs> i don't know why really why no that's really because why is that because in my primitive way i think she's fucking earned that like, like no, no, nobody's given that to her because she's a dolly girl. Do you know what I mean? Like, she must be absolutely sensational, you know. I think that is the best thing I've ever heard. But, You're so right. Because, okay, so When you see a young, beautiful woman yes. in a really hot car, you think, well, yeah. I mean, she's, you know. And, but it's horrible because right. she, she may own the car. It may be hers. I make the assumption that in some way your beauty has bought that car. Yeah, exactly. But no, you know what I think? I said to someone recently, it might have been Frank on the show, and he said something, and they were talking, and that is to do with getting older, I'm in my 40s now, and he said something, yeah. And I said, he said something about being attracted, and I said, but that's not my currency anymore. <laughs> it really isn't. It's like, to me, he may as well be talking about drachma. I don't <laughs> deal in that anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's all changed. I'm in Euros now, I can do what I want. <laughs> and then it's very liberating. So yeah. going back to what you were saying about the looks thing, yeah. that, I think it'll be really nice for you. I think the older you get, in a weird way, the happier you'll feel. Yeah. Because you'll think, right, I can leave all that stupid crap about me working out behind and... Do you know what I mean? That obsession yeah. with you. But what was frustrating about it is the reason I used to go... Well, I still go to the gym. I just do different stuff. But yeah. the reason I go is because I used to get, like, properly anxious and, and kind of down. Yeah. And you sort of... One of the best things to do is to go to the gym. It's just the best in terms of getting your serotonin up and totally. e equaling you out. And then it was that frustrating thing that when it started creeping into reviews, 
you're like, that's my thing that makes me happy, you bastards. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So I had to figure out another way. And But the dog walking is good as well, weirdly. Do you, do you find yes. that quite, I think that's a sort of good mental health space as well. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, just exactly. It's just great. Well, having a dog full stop is like, it's a real avenue of silliness. That's what I love. Like the amount of, I don't know if you've got like in jokes and stuff like that. Oh, totally. But it's the amount of stuff we've got with the dogs is just crazy. So we've got this whole thing about Arch. What's, what's Archie's voice? Archie's is that. So it's that <laughs> kind of quite curt. So, and it's, he, he refers to me as sir. <laughs> and he's, and we have this whole ongoing, and this is not funny to anyone other than me and my girlfriend. Yeah. But this ongoing thing that he, he goes on uh, this morning and he's always <laughs> like, Pip, 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 like that. And, he, and they have, basically, Arch goes, on barging holidays with Philip Schofield and Stormzy. <laughs> and he hates Rylan. He, I just, I cannot stand the man. Why? <laughs> and, like, and obviously this isn't me saying this. I, no. I, I'm not interested, but it, it's, it's the most fun. We had, this, we had this ongoing thing that Arch had a radio station with yeah. uh, my, yeah, with Keris's brother's dog, Monty. Yeah. yeah. Mutt FM, <laughs> and they <laughs> it was so they would, which is a great idea. Yeah, I would listen to that. And it was them just chatting about the news, and they were putting they put a lot of money into this, and and it was just Arch going next year it's going to be absolutely massive. I think we're really going to break through and get our first listener. <laughs> so it was the idea that they had no listeners, but they've been doing it for two years, <laughs> and yeah. they came up with this ingenious idea that yeah. they did two podcasts every week. Yeah. And the reason they did that is because they both spoke at the same time for the entire three hours. <laughs> so it's just stupid, but it's just- this whole world you yeah, created but the, for them. But that's a real, that's, a, that's kind of what I'm like at home really. It's just silly, silly things. We've, we've arrived home, I'm gonna come in. It's been so nice though. I mean, we're gonna talk now, but we should say for the benefit of the podcast, thank you. Pleasure. It's been so nice, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good fun. And Archie's been so nice to chat to you Your behavior's been good, Arch. Really hope you enjoyed the podcast. Today's doggy thought is that if the Wizard of Oz taught us anything, it's that all you really need in life is a decent pair of shoes and a faithful dog. Oh, and three frankly terrifying looking friends. Okay, I'm out of here. Before I go, remember your three R's. Rate, review and subscribe.